0: You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee.
1: And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's August 11th.
0: In Ukraine, Syria, several African countries, and other conflict zones around the globe, private contractors are operating on behalf of the Russian state. This allows Moscow to expand its military footprint while maintaining plausible deniability of direct involvement in combat operations and in competition short of armed conflict. In a new report, our researchers use RAND's will to fight model to identify ways the United States and its allies can use cognitive maneuver to counter Russia's private military actors. What is cognitive maneuver? Tactics that shape the global environment in order to change minds and behaviors. Here are some examples. The United States could exploit the fact that private military personnel tend to be motivated by money rather than a sense of patriotism or loyalty to Russia. Additionally, Russian military and private forces might have negative views of one another that could be exacerbated. The U.S. military could also create a societal backlash in Russia by disseminating information about the use of Russian veterans in private military roles, and how poorly they are treated. Efforts such as these may be especially important as Russia increases its use of private military actors worldwide.
1: As part of its nationwide stability maintenance strategy, the Chinese Communist Party detains, persecutes, and convicts people in Tibet for nonviolent forms of protest and other expressions of dissent. But the precise workings, nature, and scale of Beijing's repression are not well understood. A new RAND Europe analysis uses nighttime lighting to learn more. This data, captured by satellite-based sensors, paints a picture of electricity consumption at night at specific locations over time. Overall, the data reveal that there are currently at least 79 prisons and detention centers throughout Tibet. In fact, most towns and villages have a detention center. The data also show patterns of growth in nighttime lighting, concentrated in higher security detention facilities this trend may suggest a shift toward longer detentions and imprisonments by the Chinese Communist Party. It's important to point out that satellite imagery and nighttime lighting analysis only address one aspect of this complex problem in Tibet. Other areas, such as understanding the conditions inside facilities and imperceptible forms of control, deserve further attention.
0: Rand has been studying truth decay, the declining role of facts in American public life, since 2017, examining how it erodes civil discourse, contributes to political paralysis, and threatens democracy as we know it. According to a recent RAND paper, truth decay is also degrading U.S. national security. Here's how. Two core drivers of truth decay are political polarization and the spread of misinformation. Exposure to misinformation leads to increased polarization. And increased polarization decreases the impact of factual information. It's a vicious cycle. And it's problematic in several critical ways. It further pushes foreign policy decision makers' opinions to extremes. It makes it more difficult for intelligence analysts to perform the core function of their job, collecting and analyzing data. It impacts America's relationships with its allies. And it undermines U.S. national security and intelligence institutions. The authors of the paper note that it's particularly important to promote the credibility of U.S. national security and intelligence systems. Once these institutions are damaged, they're not easily rebuilt. Government agencies, private sector organizations, the media, and nonprofit groups all have a role to play.
1: In the minds of most Americans, going to college means pursuing a bachelor's degree with a major in a traditional academic field, like psychology, history, or mathematics. But more and more, community colleges and regional universities are offering short-term certificates in fields like healthcare, information technology, and advanced manufacturing, programs that require anywhere from a few months to two years of study. Students can then stack these credentials and use them toward longer-term advanced degrees. For example, a student can receive a basic welding certificate with only a few months of coursework, and after completing that program, can re-enroll at any time and apply that same course credit toward longer-term credentials in, say, industrial welding or even management. The hope is that these stackable, short-term credentials serve as on-ramps into more skilled occupations and longer-term college enrollment thereby increasing access to middle-class jobs for individuals who complete them. But does the evidence bear this out? RAND's Lindsay Daugherty recently broke down what we know so far about the effects of the stackable credential movement. Overall, she says the evidence suggests that stackable credentials in college are promising. Individuals are stacking credits at increasing rates and seeing earnings gains, and low-income students are benefiting from stacking credentials. However, there continue to be disparities in rates of stacking across institutions, fields, and race and ethnicity, suggesting that states and colleges have more work to do to ensure strong stackable credential opportunities for all students.
0: That's it for this week's episode. You can learn more about the topics we discussed today in the show notes at rand.org podcast. We'll see you next week. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis.